Okay, so let's talk about Vashti today. Um, Vashti is an interesting character in the Megillah because she doesn't actually say anything. She does something or refuses to do something, um, and then we don't really hear from her, right? There's only, there's, we can count on one hand the number of Pesukim that talk about Vashti, and she doesn't actually say anything herself. So what's going on? Why do we even need to hear about her? Like, let's understand her character um, a little bit better. So the Megillah opens. We have Achashverosh is being introduced, okay? And we know that he's throwing a party. Right, he's, he's making a party for all of his, his servants and his officers, right? And what's, what's the purpose of this party or what's being done at this party? Right, he's showing off his grandeur, his glory, his riches, right? For 180 days, He's showing off his his grandeur and his riches, and he's he's showing off, right? And then we know that at the end of the 180 days, either after the 180 days or or the last week of the 180 days, there's a machloket about how to kind of understand that, um, right? There's a there's a seven day party kind of open to the public, right? And on that seventh day, right? Pasukir vayom hashvi'i ketov lev hamelech be'ayin, right? He's been drinking for all this time, so he's pretty, you know, intoxicated. Okay, he wants to be, he wants to, Pasukir Aleph, Lehavi et Vashti Hamalka, Lifnei Hamelech, Beketer Malchut, Leharot Haamin, Behasarim et Yofiah, Kito Vatmar Ehi. He wants to show Vashti off. Right, but Temaen Vashti Hamalka, Lavobidvar Hamelech, Asher Beyad Hasarisim, Vayiktsov Hamelech Meod, Vechamato Baarabo. She refuses and gets very, very angry. So there's a few interesting things to note here, first of all. So first, when, when this opens, we're not really sure what's happening. We hear of this king, he's throwing a party. This party seems to be very um, illustrious and, and all about showing off his royalty. But like, we're a little bit taken aback. What's, what's actually going on here? What's actually happening here, right? And, and, if you, and the other interesting thing is that in Pasuk Dalid, when we're told that he wants to show off all of his riches, right? At the end of the seven-day party, we're also told in Pasuk Yir'alef that he wants to bring Vashti to the party, leharot ha'amin v'hasarim et yofya, to show her off. So clearly the Pesukim are, are making this parallel between he wants to show off everything that he has and then at the end, right, he, she is part of something that he has. So he just wants to show her off, right? And she refuses, and, and he gets very, very angry. So, right, that's the narrative that we, that we have right now. We also have in Pasuk Tet, we also see, right? So we know that there are two simultaneous parties going on. One for the men, one for the women, right? We, we see that... It's all about being ostentatious and showing off and, and showing, bringing Vashti to the party is a part of that plan. And she refuses to do that. So forget for one second all of the Midrashim that we're taught as kids and everything that we know about Vashti, right? From here, it seems like 
she's being asked to do something not so great. Whatever it means for her to come to the party. We still don't really know what that means yet. I know we know, you know all these midrashim and, and we'll get to that. But it seems to be like he, he is mistreating her in some way. He, he's not just showing her off to say like, wow, come and say hi. It's a, it's a possession. possession, right? It's, it's an objectification of her and she's not comfortable with it and she refuses and he gets very angry. So if anything... She doesn't seem so bad from the get-go, right? She seems like, I don't know, she seems like somebody I would want to be friends with, you know? Like, she seems okay, you know? All right, let's see what's going on here. Okay? Um, oh, so not just that from the from the Pesukim, from the Megillah, but what we also have is, and Rav Yoni Grossman, who's, does everyone know Rav Yoni Grossman? No, right? Rav Yoni Grossman is, he lives in Alon Shvut, and his expertise is is literary analysis. His 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 area of expertise is literary analysis of Pesukim and Tanakh. And what he does is he uses um, like literary techniques to analyze the words and, and the way that the Pesukim are written and he compares the language. It's very nuanced um, in terms of language. So if, if you're somebody that likes language, like you'll, you'll like his, his books and, and what he has to say. He notes a lot of comparisons between the way things are written in the Megillah and the way things are written in the story of Yosef, when, right after he's sold. It's, very, very, it's, it's really very interesting. Um, and one example here that he talks about is how Yosef is also somebody that's described as handsome and good-looking, right? In, I'm in source number two, in Perek Lamitet Pasuk Vav, in Sefer Bereshit, by he Yosef Yefe Tor Yefe Mare, he was good-looking, and his good looks, right, kind of get him into trouble, right? By he Achar Hadevarim Ha'Ele Vatisa Eshet Adonav Et Eneha El Yosef Vatomer Shichva Imi, right? She she sees him and she wants to do things that are really not so okay because he's very good-looking. By Yemaen and he refuses. Very similar to what we have going on with, with Vashti, right? She, her beauty is, is being summoned to show her off, and she doesn't want. And the interesting thing also is thematically what happens to both of them, right? It both lands them in, in bad places. Like, their consequences are bad, right? Vashti's banished. Some say she was executed, right? Yosef is thrown in jail. So that's, that's an interesting comparison in and of itself, but... What we're, we're essentially doing here is we're comparing the language of the story of Yosef to the language of the Megillah. We're forcing a comparison between Yosef and Vashti, right? If we're aligning Yosef and Vashti, that's very much in her favor, right? Yosef had Sadiq. He, he's, he's, he's pretty up there. So if we're comparing their actions and saying that, you know, their similar language, similar circumstances, similar outcomes... That lines up very well for Vashti, okay? So, so far, we're seeing things that are pretty positive about her. And we have a Midrash also. The rabbis view some of what she did as, as very, very positive. So, I'm in source number three, the Midrash in Esther Rabbah. Okay, Vatema'en Hamalka Vashti. She refuses. So, the rabbis kind of read between the lines and what's going on here when she refuses. She spoke to him very, very sensitively and very, very logically through messengers. Amralo, she said to him, 
right? They see if they like me, then maybe they're going to kill you because they they want me, right? She's not trusting them, right? And if they think I'm ugly, then that looks bad for you, right? I'm, I'm going to look bad on you. Right? She tried to hint to him. She tried to like sting him a little, like akitza uh, is a sting, right? She she tries to hint to him nicely, like we. This is maybe not such a good idea. He doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. So she she you know gets cuts to the chase and and says says it right right right. Amralo, call me right. She says you were a steward in my father's house, or you were you were like just my father's worker. Okay, and when you were my father's worker, right? You you practiced to you practiced bringing in women, and you know you supported prostitution, and you did all these things, right? Right? You became king, and you still didn't come back from all of these corrupt and wayward ways, right? She said, "I'm even my father when he would when he would." judge and find people guilty, he wouldn't judge these people they were not to be judged naked, right? Even my father, who when people were found guilty and they were liable for punishment right, he still held those, he still held that those people kind of had their dignity so she's really giving it to him she's saying like, you're not getting what I'm telling you this is not a good idea, you're, you're degrading me in public I don't, I'm not going for this, right? So then that's why the, they say that, that he got so angry, right? Because it seems almost like improportionate. Like she refuses. In the Pesukim, she doesn't even say anything, right? And, and, and he says, He gets very angry. He's burning with anger. Like what's happening here that she's refusing and then he's fuming with anger, right? What's going on here? So again... The, the, the Midrash is, is reading between the lines, but so far, everything that we see is, is like, God, she's, she's doing the right thing, right? Uh, we don't see anything wrong yet. Rashi takes the same approach in source number four, Vayiktof, right, on page two. right? She, like, insulted him because of she didn't want to do this, so she insulted him. And again, the, the Gemara and Masechet Megillah, Masechet Megillah, it's interesting, they have, like, a couple of pages of... Uh, Kind of like Perushim and, and Midrashim that they quote and they um, interpret. The rabbis were interpreting certain things in the Megillah. So the, the Gemara is interpreting like, right? The king got very angry. Why did he get so angry that he was burning? Right? She said, um, she again, she made fun of him, says the Gemara. A little bit of a different approach than the Midrash before, right? The Midrash before. She's insulting him because he's not seeing why this is not a good idea. According to the Gemara, they're giving it a, bit of a little. They're t- reading it a little bit differently. They're saying that she's making fun of him because of his drinking. My father used to be able to hold, uh, you know, a thousand whatever a certain amount of liquor, wine, or, uh, drank wine against a thousand men. Right? He drank copious amounts of wine and didn't become drunk. Right? And you. You can't, you know, you 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 nothing. So she's she's clearly making fun of him, and she's she's insulting him. So because of those insults, so he's he's getting upset. Okay, so that's. He was a stable yes. boy. How did he become? Ah, that's a great question. So one account is that he was a stable boy, 
and somehow he married her her for her royalty, for her status, because we'll, we'll see she was the granddaughter of royalty. We'll see, we'll see in a later Midrash. Another, another Midrash actually says that she, her father had a party and he was killed in the party. The chandelier fell on his head and he crushed his brain or whatever. And um, somebody else, right, Daryavesh, the son of Belshazzar, right, took over. And because, so once he took over, he gave his son, Achashverosh, to marry Vashti. That's another, right? That's another account of, like, what, of what happened. Rebecca Zayer, Jewish history expert. So all my Jewish history questions go to, go to Rebecca. Um, right? So, so it could be he, there was, you know, one account that he was a stable boy, another account that he was the son of a king. But, but what's clear is that she was the royalty and not him. Right? She, like, was higher, of higher royalty than him. But, good question. Okay, so, so far, what do we think of her? She's not so bad. Not so bad, right? All right. But, but now we're going to, we're, we're going to, you know, change the story a little bit. Right? So, I'm in source number six. Oh, we have source number five, right? Ki it said, Varham akal kol hanashim, right? Rashi says, Zesh abista et hamelech akol hanashim lavzot avhem et ba'alehem, right? Like, like, it seems, it, like, you read this Rashi, and it seems a little bit comical. Like, because she didn't listen to her husband, now we have to send out uh, letters that all the other women will not, you know, disrespect their husbands. Like, like what is this society? Like, what is happening here? What's, wh- where are we? Right? Which, again, works in her favor, because it's like she's dealing with, with these crazy things, this, this, you know, immoral, uh, what's happening here, and, and she's really just trying to stand up for what she believes in. She's trying to stand up for herself. She's trying to empower herself. Now we're going to change the story, right? So now we're going to see a completely different view from different Midrashim on Vashti, okay? So the party is, going back to um, Hasu, right? So we said Gamba, she's also making a party, and Pasuk Yod, Bayom Hashvi'i, Ketov Lev Hamelech Beyain, on the seventh day when he's really drunk, that's when he wants to bring her. Says Rashi, Bayom Hashvi'i, Rabotenu Amru, Shabbat Haya. On the seventh day, it was Shabbat. Okay. No Shabbat. Huh? They're not Jewish, right? So what, what, what's the significance of that? Who cares? Great. It was Shabbat. What do we care? Like ah. the day that the pageant thing, like that was Shabbat, the day that he chose, like, no, the day, the, that, day that, the day that he wanted to bring Vashti to, to the party. Because mm-hmm. the Megillah Shabbat. says it was okay. the seventh day he was right. So the, the so Rashi is like Doresh, like by Yom Hashvi'i. What's Yom Hashvi'i? Oh, the Yom Hashvi'i, right? So he's Doresh that. Okay, great. Shabbat, what do we care, right? What are we, what are we getting from there? So we're going to see in a minute what we're getting from there um, about the significance of Shabbat. But... Um, first, let's go back to the party a little bit, right? We said that she was throwing out, she was throwing for the women a party, okay? Says the Gemara, what was happening at her party? Okay, what, but what, what type of woman was Vashti? Batima'en, I'm in source number seven. Hamalka Vashti, michdei pritzatahi. She was also a immodest, promiscuous person, okay? De'amar mar, shnehem lidvar avera mitkavnu. They were both doing 
not great things. They were both engaging in immoralities. The same thing that was happening in the men's party was happening in the women's party. We're going to see in the next Midrash what was happening exactly in the men's party. But, right, they both had immoral intentions. So wait a second. Now if we're saying that she's not, right, she's not standing up for herself, right, she's immodest and she's immoral, so why didn't she want to go? Right? If, if she's doing all these things in her party, then she should have wanted to go to the men's party. What does she care? Aha, this is where we get the famous midrash that all the kids, right, come home with. I think we're past that. I don't yeah. think they teach that anymore. No, they just say she's ugly. I'm sure they do. Yeah. Do you think they do? They say she's ugly. They say she's ugly? Like that's what they... Because I think, I think now a lot of the schools are stopping to teach it. Oh, she does? This? I, my older ones came home saying that, but like my, my three-year-old and my six-year-old already didn't. Like they just said, Vashti, they want to come to the party. Yeah, I think they stopped. Sorry, change. Right, maybe now there's room for more positivity. Right, so here we have the famous, right? What was the purpose of her not wanting to come? Right? She, she got tzara'as and she got pimples, right? And Bam Gabriel, the Asala Zanav, and the angel Gabriel came and tore her tail off. It's so, but it's, it's like so funny how. When like we learn it that way, it, it colors it just colors her character like forever for us, right? Like in my head, Vashti has pimples and a tail. Like that's how I think of Vashti when I think of her. She had pimples and a tail. But like whatever, there's a whole nother side that we're not necessarily taught or we're taught later in life and it's it like takes us a minute to like appreciate it or like integrate it into you know, we're like, wait a second, what she was the pimples one. How did that work? Um, and even when we learn the pimples, like we don't learn the significance of the pimples. Like I don't know why. All of a sudden, why she had pimples? All of a sudden, she just got pimples, right? So, so hopefully, like we have some context um, of right why why she had pimples, right? She it was it wasn't that she was so uh, moral and modest. It was because she didn't want to, you know, seem like oh, I'm gonna embarrass myself now. You know what I mean? I'm not in my uh, beautiful my right. I'm not in my prime. Exactly. Oh, why did why did God punish her with yeah. Sarah? Yeah. Okay, so we're gonna see why. That's a good question. We're gonna see right. Why why was she deserving of of like this? Good. So we're gonna. Right. It right. seems like the drops are just lying that that is why she got Sarah. Right. Well, they just like core of it with the parties. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. Why did he also get it? Why did he also get it? Right. Right. So that could definitely a reason, right? Could be. Do whatever. Hmm. But it's for Lashon Mara, I don't know that, like, What, Sarat? Yeah, gives it uh, Typically, but, yeah, you know, sometimes we have, like, when got Sarat because they were, you know, whatever. But, yeah, Sarat is mentioned typically in the context of Lashon Hara. Um, who knows, man? Did she say Lashon Hara? I don't know. Who knows? But that was probably the least of what she was doing, you know, according to this, according to this. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll also see we'll also see other things, right? So, okay, so now we really, like, the story changed here, right? We, we see a completely different, completely different person. Um, the next Midrash, okay, so what's, what's happening, meaning what's happening in this Akash Verosh's party that's so bad? We say, Shnehem Nidvara Vera Nitkavnu. All right, so, like, what's going on here? All right, the next Midrash, source number eight, right? Lehavi et Vashti HaMaka Lifnei HaMelech Beketer Machut. Amar Rabbi Ab, uh, Amar Rabbi Aibu Kaparatan Shel Yisrael, 
Midrash is contrasting between what happens when Jewish people get together and you know these people, Achashverosh and Vashti, and all their immoral things. What happens when they're getting together, right? Where oh, we eat and we drink and we're happy and we say berachot, hopefully, and right, and we praise God. Right? This is what they were doing at this party. They were engaging in in worthless things, right? Right? They were they were having like what what they call like locker room talk, right? They were saying. Um, oh, I think the Midianite women are the most beautiful. The Zeomer Parsiotna. Oh, I think the Persian women are the most beautiful. Right? Amar lahem ototipesh. Right? Ototipesh, referring to Achashverosh. Right? This, this king says to them, and, and it's interesting how the Midrash says that he talks about her like this. Right? Klishe otoha ish mishtameshbo. Right? My kli, mine that I used. Right? Right? Which is. Because clearly the Midrash is picking up on the nuance in the Pesukim about showing her off, right? About being a possession. It's interesting. Right? Sometimes we think Midrashim are so out there, but really they're just very sensitive to the text. Um, okay. Right? Klisho, ani mishtamesh bo, lo maditi velo parsiti ela kasdit. She's not Midianite. She's not, she's not Persian. She's right. She's from Babel. Mevakshim atem liroto. You want to see it? Want to see her? Amrulofen? Ken? Yes, we want. Ubilvad shetehe aruma. Right? Only if she comes naked without clothes, that's how we'll agree to see her. And Achash Berosh says, of course, right? That's, that's, that's the only way. So, right, the Midrash here is telling us about the immoralities that are going on in Achash Berosh's party. So if we're comparing the two parties, like the other Gemara did, Shnehem Midvara Beranit Kavnu, so whatever was going on there was also going on there. Right, so when we're saying that Gan Bashti threw a party, right? If we take these midrashim and look at her and her party through this lens, right? She's not throwing a party to empower her female constituents, right? She's throwing a party to be immoral the same way that the men were being immoral, and the same for the same reasons that her husband was was throwing a party. Okay, and now because of this immorality, right, because of what she's doing, perhaps this is why she gets, right, the pimples and the tail, because of what it leads to. Right? Okay? So, right, at the, here, the, the Gemara is saying that it was midah keneged, her punishment was a midah keneged midah. What was the midah keneged midah? Sheva midah she'adam modeg ba'amodegim lo. Right? Midah, melamed she'ayta vashti harsha'a mevi'a b'not Yisrael u'mafshitan arumot <laughs> That's what the Gemara seems to be saying. Yes, right. That she used to abuse the Jewish, her Jewish servants. She used to strip them and make them do work. And not only that, but it was on Shabbat. Shabbat. On Shabbat, right? So here we have the midah connected midah that it was on the Yom Hashvi'i that Yachashverosh wants to bring her. That it was Shabbat, right? Midah connected midah. Disrespect her Jewish, right? And and he wants to bring her, right? Beketer Malchut, as we saw in the Pesukim, right? To the exclusion of everything else, right? Only Beketer Malchut, and not with anything else on, right? You see that in the Pesukim? Right? Beketer Malchut, right? So Beketer Malchut, and the, the rabbis in the Gemara understand that to mean only Beketer Malchut, right? Which was a Midah Kenegen Midah for the way that she used to abuse the Jewish servants 
um, and, and make them work, work and, and stripping them, right? Hainu dikhti v'achar ha-devarim ha-ele k'shoch ha-mat ha-melech v'ashverosh z'achar et v'ashti v'et asher asta v'et asher nigzar aleha, right? K'shem she-asta kach nigzar aleha, right? Whatever she did, the same thing was um, decreed upon her, right? So, I mean, it doesn't explain, like, per se, the pimples and the tail, but if you want to say that, right, the pimples and the tail... Um, was like what led to her being punished, right? Or what led to this circumstance refusing her, refusing to come and then being punished, right? So you can look at it that way. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely they're looking at this as, as punishment, okay? Um, further, further, another Gemara on Masechet Megillah, right, also seems to, to contrast this, this one is contrasting Vashti and Esther, right? So if Esther, by the definition, by definition is what's good in the Megillah, right? Vashti, who's the opposite, who's supposed to be her foil, is going to be the opposite and not good, right? So they, they interpret this pasuk, right? Rabbi Shemuel Bar Nachmani interprets this pasuk in Yeshayahu. I think it's like towards the end of the Sefer, somewhere in the, the end, whatever, 50s, chapter 50-something. Instead of the thorn, a cypress will will grow. Instead of the nettle, So the Gemara interprets the thorn natsuts as natsuts as as Haman, and the berosh as Mordechai, and they learn about how that symbolizes each of those men. Nah, we're not gonna get into it, right? Tachat hasirpad, tachat vashti harishaa, bat shel. Nebuchadnezzar Harasha, who was Nebuchadnezzar? Shesaraf Redifat Bet Hashem, right? That that burnt Bet Hashem, the Bet Hamikdash, right? She's the granddaughter of Nebuchadnezzar who burnt the Bet Hamikdash. So instead of her, right? Yaale um, Hadas, who's Hadas, obviously. Esther, Hadasahi, Esther, right? So again, here the rabbis are 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 putting her and, and viewing her negatively, but perhaps now we see what's motivating them to, to paint her that way, right? She was the granddaughter of Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar was a pretty bad guy in our history, right? He took the Jewish people out of, out of Eretz Yisrael, right? Sent them out into Babel, destroyed the first Bet Hamikdash. So, right, that perhaps is, she represents him, right? By extension, right? She represents Babel. Right, and and if you couple it with all the other things that she was doing, using the Jewish um, servants and not, you know making them violate Shabbat, right? She's the antithesis of Judaism, of not letting the Jewish people practice, and right, just like who she comes from, her grandfather, right, who also destroyed the Beit Hamikdash. So maybe this is what's motivating sort of this other view in the Mifarshim and in the Midrashim. Okay. Um, right, and we have one last one in source number 11, right? Yeah, source number 11, right? Ve'et asher nigzar aleha, right? Se'kehogen ve'lama alta la'kach lefi shelo hayta manachad la'chashverosh liten reshut livnot bet ha'mikdash ve'omeret lo ma she'hechirivu avotai atam mevakesh livnot, right? So the, this Midrash is also saying that he, she was the one that put a stop to him letting them rebuild the Beit Hamikdash, right? Koresh, who was before, who allowed them to go build the Beit Hamikdash, right? And then the building stopped. Um, 
and, and according to this Midrash, Achashverosh was willing to let them continue, but she stopped it. Again, right? Clearly viewing her as the extension of her grandfather, right? Not allowing the Jews to be in their homeland, to build their Beit Hamidash, to worship as they want to worship, to worship Hashem, not allowing them, okay? And why were they, according to the Midrash, they give a reason for the party. They were happy about the Chorban of the Beit HaMikdash. Amar HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Beit HaMikdash Charev, Verasha Zeh Oseh Marzechim, right? The, the Beit HaMikdash is destroyed, and this Rasha is, is making parties. Vegam Vashti HaRashaot, Oseh Marzechim, right? She's also making parties, right? Yichtiv Gam Vashti HaMalka, Asta Mishteh Lanashim. So that's why she got punished, right? Because she made a party. Celebrating the destruction of the Beit Hamikdash, right? Kind of like, you know, they're celebrating, and my children are in mourning because they lost their Beit Hamikdash. Uh, you know, so that she makes her liable for punishment. Okay, so like, what do we do with this? We just saw two opposing views in the Midrashim, right, in the Gemara of Vashti. So, like, what what do we do with this? Like, what do we what do we make of this? So we we started off with the question. Right, on the surface, forget, forget for a minute about everything that we said so far, right? Like, why do we need her? What's her purpose? She doesn't do anything. Like, would we lose anything in the Megillah if we didn't have her as a character? She's just for contrast. For, right, so that's, that's what most say, right? Exactly, she's for contrast. She's a foil to Esther, right? What's interesting, I think, sometimes to think about is not her as a foil to Esther, but maybe as a foil to Achashverosh, right? They both made a party. They were either, you could say, either one was immoral and one was standing for her values, or they were both immoral, right? Like, but yeah, she's a foil. But even if she's a foil, that means that, like, she has no value herself. Like, she just, you know, which is definitely a, a, a view, and, and many do say that. But is there anything else that we can, you know, potentially, potentially draw from her? Like we said, we have two views in, in the Midrashim, right? We have this strong woman who stands her ground, right? Like Yosef, right? Standing for his values. That's, that's, a, that's a significant comparison, right? Comparing her to Yosef, right? But on the other hand, we have Immoral, the granddaughter of Nebuchadnezzar, and by extension, also, it, b- being anti-Jewish herself because of, of what her grandfather did, right? Being evil. Okay. So there's two things I, I, I want to say about this. First of all, this duality of Vashti, this like two sides, what is it really, is she good, is she bad, that is me- what Megillah Esther is, right? Megillah Esther is all, it, it's, things are hidden in Megillah Esther. Things are not always as they seem, right? Esther min ha-Torah minayin, asks the Gemara, v'anokhi Esther astiret panai, right? Hashem is going to hide himself. We know Hashem's name doesn't appear in the Megillah. Right? We almost have to like go out of our way to find God in the Megillah because on the surface, it just looks like a story of, I guess, a bunch of coincidences, right? Hashem's not there. Things are missing. Um, things are Not missing, but things are just not apparent. We, we don't often know what to make of things. Right? Famous Machloket in the Gemara about, about a Hashverosh, right? Machloket Rav and Shmuel, Chad Amar Cham Haya, Chad Imer Tipesh Haya. Right? One says that he was a smart king and knew exactly what he was doing, and he was just biding his time and playing his people by right? making things, you know, controlling things from kind of behind the scenes. And then the other view was, no, he was really tipesh, like he was dumb. He was, 
not capable, not competent. He was just the drunk that was sitting there all day. And even with him as a king, you look at the Megillah, and it's full of the word Hamelech, 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 this, Hamelech, that, right? But like, who's the real leader here? Achashverosh is the Melech, but Haman seems to be calling the shots at many points, right? He gives, right, if, if you go with the view that Memuchan was Haman, he tells Achashverosh what to do about Vashti, he, right? He's calling the shots about the Jews. He seems to be calling the shots. And then even Haman, he's consulting with his advisors and his wife Zeresh, who gives him the idea, right, to make the, 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 the gallows for Mordechai. Like, who's, who's really in charge here? Right? That's, 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 that's what the Megillah is all about. It's all about duality and all about things are not always as they seem um, and, and really like searching for like what, what, what do we make of this, right? And again, we see that very perfectly with Vashti, right? She seems like virtuous, but then there are hints to maybe she's really not. So like what do we make of her, okay? So that's how she really fits in very nicely into the theme of the Megillah. The second thing is that the Megillah is very much a story about the Jew in Galu, right? It's a unique story about the Jew in Galu, but it's also the same story about the Jew in Galu, right? The, the Jews, they, we want to assimilate, we want to be like everybody else, and then we got, we got persecuted and we're really not, right? Right? The Jews went to Achashverosh's party. They were all there, right? Mifarshim tell us that they used the kelim of the Ben Hamidash in the party. Right, they're they're partying with the king and with the people, like just like everybody. They want to be just like everybody else. And then, what's funny? Funny in in Paragimel, what does Haman call the Jews out for? What does he call them out for? For not accepting the, the leader because they they don't believe in. Right, exactly. Right, he calls them out for being different. Yes, no, yes, no, Right, they're separate, but they were. Right? shonot ha'am. Right? And what they do is different than everybody else. What do you mean? They were just at the party. Right? It doesn't matter. Did the seventh-day party not occur because of because Vashti decided not to come? No, it did, it still occurred, and then but he just got mad. So after the party, he was you know consulting and said, uh, "What are we going to do about this? You know, she just embarrassed me. I, we got we got to take care of the situation." But it that definitely still did occur. Like it wasn't canceled. Um, right? So, right, the, and the, they don't listen to the king. They listen to the king. They came to the party, okay? Right? It's not worth the king having them around. Right? This is the story of the Jew and Galu. This is the story of B'nai Israel and Mitzrayim, right? They tried to be like everybody else, and they were helping the Egyptians build the storehouses, and then they became slaves, right? It's the story of the Jewish people in in early 1900s in German and Eastern European, right? Jewry, right? It's the story of us today in America, right? Story of the Jew in Galu, right? I want to be a Jew, but I also want to fit in to my surroundings and I want to be like everybody else. So Vashti very much represents that because she represents, she represents on the one hand something that we can identify with, right? She has values that we identify with and that we also value, right? We value advocating for yourself. We see injustice, we speak up, right? We mother of mothers of daughters, right? We want our daughters to be empowered. We want our daughters to stand up for themselves. And in fact, in the late, like, I want to say like the late 1800s and, and certainly after that and today, there has been like this re, um, 
like reawakening and like reappreciation for Vashti as a queen, as somebody who represents that, right? This is all over the place in like academia or even like non-Jewish, you know, interpretations of the Bible, right? Like they make her to be a hero and, and that's founded in something. It's grounded in something, right? So on the one hand, we see those values and we, we identify with them. But on the other hand, we need to be careful, right? Because Vashti, even though she might have had potentially values that we align with and identify with, she, there was also a side of her that was anti-Jewish and that was abusing, right, the Jewish women. And she came from Nebuchadnezzar, who destroyed the Hamidash, right? It, it, it's, like I said, it's the Jew in Galut sometimes, right? We, as Jews, we want to be tolerant and we want to be, you know, accepting of everybody, Right? We see persecution, we identify with it, we say, oh no, that's not right, right? Black lives matter, we're very sympathetic. We, we identify with that. But then yet, sometimes, it's those same people that are calling Israel an apartheid state, right? And those people that are heading all of the anti-Israel campaigns, I'm not saying all of them, but I'm saying sometimes, right? So we need to be careful, right? Vashti represents that. We need to be careful who we're aligning with and who we're identifying with. We're always going to look at the world and learn what we can from, from everybody, no matter who they are, right? When we see something good, when we see, right, chokhmah bagoyim ta'amin, right? We're not the only people with chokhmah, right? There's chokhmah in the world, and that chokhmah is for us to learn and to learn from and to grow from and to become better from. But at the same time, we're in Galut. We're not in our own place. We need to be careful, right? So that's what I think the two views of Vashti could represent, right? On the other, on the one hand, somebody that, you know, certain values that we may want to emulate, but on the other hand, we, we have to create that distance and we do have to be careful and we have to identify, you know, who's good for us and who's aligning with us and who's not. She stood for something. So, like, as opposed to Hashverosh, who kind of just seemed to go with whatever someone was telling him. So first he went with her when he didn't allow the, the building of the Beit HaMikdash. Then he went with Haman with the Hippie Accord and all of that. And then in the end, he went with Esther and, and Mordecai and whatever. Like, he didn't have his own identity. Only, she only got punished when it was directly making him look bad on something so stupid. Right. Which is just, I mean, that's what I'm taking from Right. No, you're right. That's why I, I, you know, a lot of times we're inclined to look, like we said before, as, as Vashti as a foil for Esther. But it's, it's interesting to think about her as a foil for Achashverosh, right? I think there's a lot there, too. You're right. And that's what you're bringing up, unpacking all, you know, all of that. Also, at the end of the day, Achashverosh is still a Persian king. And we view the Persian king as a good light in our history. And so obviously, as a Babylonian queen, she's not... She is going to be the evil one, and he is going to have to find a better queen who will better serve the interests of all these people, which we include ourselves in those people. So it makes sense for the text to like view him in a positive light and like, cause him stupid and whatever. Like at the end of the day, he's hero. Right. So right. not only because she's female and that's why she gets you know kicked out and not him, but also because right. there are other reasons why I think like in Jewish history just side with the Persian. So. Right, right, exactly, and because, right, she, she represents Babel, and we don't, Babel was bad for us, so because she represents that, and that's, so that's what the Chachamim, you know, right. they draw on that, and that's probably what's motivating them to, you know, perceive her like this. Ultimately, her punishment is really from Hashem. Yeah. Not from being I think. 